Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we are discussing Season 3, Episode 4 of The Bad Batch, titled A Different Approach. And I'm remembering something about a pun for this episode title that we talked about last time, and I've totally forgotten, except that I, I think, remembered there was a thing. <laughs> I think that's a good thing right now, because no, I think it, we better... It's, insert pun here. <laughs> at some point. So what you're saying, Stephen, is you took a different approach for the intro. But I'm bummed. Okay, uh, and with that, um, yeah, Tom, uh, I don't think there's any, any major news this week, so why don't we jump into the episode rundown? Yeah, I guess I'm going to take a different angle on this one, aren't I? So we're going to be doing episode, or season Our three, episode four. Us. Yeah, I know, <laughs> don't they? Um, so to get back on track, this is Bad Bad, season three, episode four, A Different Approach, directed by Sal Ruiz and written by Ezra Nachman. In this episode... When Omega and Crosshair's ship goes down, they're forced to come up with an alternate means of escape. I, I wish they would get a little bit more on these synopsis because they're not saying that the ship goes down on a different planet. So, they're just saying when the ship Tom, goes Tom, down. Tom, Tom, you, you can't hit him for that. I wrote the synopsis in a very spoiler-free way because <laughs> oh. they haven't released them yet. <laughs> we're Williams we're recording usual. this before the synopsis are out. So I wrote it. You can blame me. It's not, okay. it's not, it's not Disney or Lucasfilm. <laughs> That's it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to blame you. That's okay. Like I said, I want. I know you just hate approach, my synopses, so. but you know. No, that's okay. It's all right. But yeah. But actually, I did lead into this episode. They their ship does go down on a planet called Lau, L A U. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it, I got that right. I, I'm going to start with a controversial take. I so this episode is a continuation of the previous one, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. a continuation of the first episode. I kind of feel like the first three episodes of the season should have just been episode one, episode three, and then episode four. Like, this is the conclusion of that story arc, is it not? You know what? You might be right. It is. It is. I think it would have been weird to have a, a premiere of the Bad Batch and not see the rest of the Bad Batch. And so I get why I mean, they took the that approach. Yeah, but, fair, fair. But, yes, I think you're right in that it does tell a nice story at least and continues that arc of, of crosshair and omega and i i'm really glad that it wasn't so easy right they they escape and they're done all right uh, they, they escape mount tantus and they instantly find the batch and it takes them a little bit of time to to get reunited and so we see in this episode you know they cr crash land on the planet lao and we get to see a another view of the empire and just how the the empire is is so uh, oppressive and the the imperial the local imperial captain captain man is just uh constantly uh changing the rules of the game right in, in the style of darth vader i've altered the deal pray i don't alter it any further <laughs> you know he keeps uh, mm -hmm. uh doing that as well and it, it creates this it's another nice episode where even if it isn't changing the larger galaxy we get to spend a lot of time with crosshair and omega and they're just phenomenal relationship in mm -hmm. the this season i don't know what, what did you guys think of the the premiere or this episode i yeah, was, i found it go ahead steven go ahead I was, it was solid i was gonna go uh 
one of the things when so they they arrive on Lao, they needed to find transport off. They go to the spaceport and maybe this, I don't know what this says about me. I was like, oh, man, I wonder if they're going to bring up the whole chain code thing that they spent so much time on in the first season. Because like they've spent time establishing that you can't travel without a chain code. Of course, they're not going to have a chain code, but I bet you they don't mention it. And mm-hmm. immediately they try and like bribe uh, to get through because they need a chain code. I was like, you know what? Take it all back. They have <laughs> the consistency. The canon is there. And I was impressed. <laughs> OK. See, my thing was, OK, so now you've got uh, like what would be the age of Omega at this point? And is she really able to go inside a bar and gamble, which is what she did? I mean, why not? Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a somewhat lawless planet, right? There's it's, certainly it's the lawless, empire there, but, you it's know. It's lawless, it's a stretch, it works, because I doubt uh, Crosshair could have been able to pull it off. Right. No, exa- exactly. And it's it's a creative way for them to try to get off planet, right? Because they're they're stranded, mm-hmm. their ship is, 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 is down, they have to figure out a way off planet. And so the Omega and Crosshair, they go to the nearest city and, and try to take a book a shuttle and without chain codes it's a 15,000 credits a ticket which is quite a sum and their really only option is to to figure out how to get some money and, and that's where omega comes up with this idea to basically uh hustle a trandoshan gambler in the local bar and she starts doing so well that like a crowd starts to appear and i, I there's a there's a subtler aspect to this where she keeps winning and why does she keep mm-hmm. why is she so good right is it because she has a, a a high m count or an m count in general uh it might be right some some natural affinity for the force that even she's not aware of uh and so that ties nicely into the premiere and her her special abilities and yep. how she's so good that she starts to draw the attention of the imperials Stephen? i mean is I'm not sure if she actually draws the attention of the Imperials or just like she, you know, she fleeces the Trandoshan because she obviously is good at the game. And I, the sense I got from watching this kind of Imperial officer wade into the room is this, that this is what he normally does, you know, comes mm-hmm. in, takes money off of whoever happens to be there off, you know, either in the game or via fines and then goes about his business. Mm-hmm. It's like he's the Imperial crime lord who, hey, there's protection money if you want to stay in business. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing about him, we'll find out later it seems like he does something like illegal on the side and not, you know, oh, for sure. I, he, yeah, I mean, he's definitely pretty, patting his pockets. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's patting his pockets yeah. illegally, which I love how he gets his, he gets his dude. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's fun. Like again, she, she just crushes him right in the game and when takes all a lot of, a lot of money and wins enough to get them off planet. And then of course he's like, well, you know, it's a $10,000 fine for illegal gambling. I know I was just, doing it too but you know now i'm gonna charge you sorry um you gotta pay up or i'll arrest you i did like how that he didn't actually try to arrest them at first no, he was just it, trying to it seems to, to be relatively straightforward and above yeah. table like yep, nope, you mm-hmm. pay your bribe you're good to go you know yep. yeah he doesn't really know what she who she is uh and and what's going on and you know we think that's about it right that well they they made a bunch of money, but hey, they they still have just barely enough to get off planet, and uh, that's when they discover that poor Batcher is missing, and mm-hmm. Omega, she's she's fallen, you know, she, she's she's a, she's attached to Batcher, and she will not I mean, leave. as she should be. <laughs> it's true, yeah, uh, and, and she won't leave without him, and so that's when 
to, to despite Crosshair's uh, protests, they they go after Batcher and try to try to save him uh, at, at a pretty high cost. It's kind of like a, a, a video game uh, side quest, I feel like, where you, know, you got the street urchin outside. It's like, hey, I'll, I'll five thousand mm-hmm. dollars or five thousand credits. And I'll and I'll give you a clue for the where you're supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought of it that way, but that's a good point. That is very true. Uh, yeah, it's a you know it slowly eats into their but into their their remaining credits, right? And then they they sneak into the imperial facility, and again the captain reappears, and oh now you have an unlicensed animal fine, uh, and no look it's all the credits you have. Oops, right? Uh, it just it's a shame how how the fines were so precisely calculated. Right? It's you know? so mm-hmm. weird. It's so weird. He just wanted all his money back, but then again, he was going to make more with the illegal, you know, animal herding that he's sending off planet in in all those crates. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so you know we get the the obligatory uh, uh, escape right where they they rescue Batcher and a, a big fight breaks out and all of these these. Creatures that come almost like ostriches start to stampede, uh, and that buys them time to steal a cargo ship with. I think, is that a Rathar inside of the cargo ship? It definitely looked like a Rathar. Right? Okay. I'm I'm glad it wasn't just me. I'm like, that's got to be a Rathar, right? (laughs) No, that was a Rathar, and boy, did he get he got what he deserved. There, there were a couple of moments in this episode, and then uh, I think I'm trying to remember where else they were, but like. That was a very like a very brutal death that we got to see mm-hmm. for this imperial official. Like, was it though? Was it though? Did I he mean, not deserve he got it? The full, like he's grabbed by the Rathtar, pulled in, and then he does the thing where he like grabs the doors and shuts them on himself as the container like shakes as he's presumably eaten to death. Yeah, you never see it. It's not on screen. You don't. know. I mean, you know, Tom, if you <laughs> think this official is going to show up later, I have some beachfront property I would like to sell you. Uh, if it's uh, if it's in the Lancaster Palmdale area, I think I may take you up on that. Just kidding. So anyway. But I, throughout this escape, one of the things I think actually I should not touch the escape. This episode as a whole. Well, you kind of mentioned Crosshair and Omega's uh, relationship as it develops here. I. I think I appreciate the twofold piece of one Omega, always the optimist wants mm-hmm. to help. Want, think, mm-hmm. uh, knows she can get the money this way. Crosshair mm-hmm. just wants to shoot stuff. Figures yeah. that's probably easier, but is like, okay, we'll do it your way. Fine. Fine. Uh, and when it's only at this very end is, you know, everything breaks loose. So they're like, okay, fine. We'll do it your way. Crosshair. We'll shoot our way out. We'll steal a shuttle. Fine. Whatever works. Yeah. He, he very, begrudgingly goes along with Omega and she's, she's the eternal. And I think that's what makes their, dy- their dynamic so good is she's the eternal optimist. Yep. She mm-hmm. always believes the good in people. She wants to help, you know, others, you know, whether it's creatures like Batcher or, or others in need. Uh, and Crosshair is the exact opposite. He's super negative. He is, um, at this point kind of a beaten man, right? He, he, he feels like there's no hope. Everything yep. is lost. And the dynamic between the two and how Crosshair slowly over time you know kind of i think he he teaches he teaches omega how to you know be he teaches her a lot of good lessons but in the process he starts to open up a little more and, and kind of omega rubs off on him a little bit mm-hmm. and and that's i think what it's one of the the great things about his journey that we've seen over the last just few episodes yeah yeah totally 
Yeah, it, it, I think it's, we talked a lot, I think last season, right? It was Omega and uh, Tech a lot of times. We had a, that great dynamic. Uh, and in others too, you know, Omega and Wrecker, for example, or Omega and Hunter. This season is Omega and Crosshair. And I think they are mm-hmm. the standout uh, relationship. And, and you know, yep. we talked with uh, 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 Brad and Jen. They, they, that, that was their favorite too. And even, um, you know, Michelle Ang and uh, D. Bradley Baker, they, everyone just comments on how, how great that dynamic is between Omega and, uh, and Echo. Uh, sorry, Omega and Echo, Omega <laughs> Echo? and Crosshair. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and the best thing about it is you can definitely see that there is going to be a change with Crosshair that he's going to need because there is something wrong with him. They didn't play it up a lot in this episode, but you saw it in last episode. There's something wrong with him that's going to have to be corrected before the season ends because I'm pretty sure that's going to play a big part mm-hmm. in what's ever going to happen going forward. Yeah. Do you, do, do any any theories? Like, is it due to the like the torture he was experiencing or, or something else? I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I kind of put my money down on like loss of purpose. Yep. You know, he he's known what his goal was for so long, and he was so sure of it up until the Empire turned on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I suspect it's a reflection of that like loss of purpose. Yeah. yeah, he he appears to be a very broken clone because of all the torture he's been through, you know. And like Stephen, you said it perfectly. He was sitting here and he was a soldier for the Republic, was a soldier for the Empire, and the Empire turned on him and turned on him in a very nasty way by torture. So he is sitting here trying to figure out how is he going to move forward? What is his purpose? And this is the best thing about this dynamic is it is true to watch the two of them work together, but it's going to probably at some point Omega is going to get through to him and show him what his purpose at a certain point is going to be going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's one of my favorite parts of watching this season is is their their dynamic, um, and yeah, and it, and, it, and it works for them, right? Eventually, they do manage to escape uh, Lao, and um, you know they we get a, a, a again, right? A um, a reminder of just how long it's been, right? They 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 travel to um, uh, they're they're, they're they don't know if what's happened to Hunter and, and, and Wrecker, right? It's been, it's been yeah. months. Are they still alive? Are they, are they searching for them? Are they just, you know, living their lives now on Pabu? They don't really know. Um, but you know, it's a, uh, they don't, there's, there's that question mark, but thankfully, they are they're still alive everything's fine they omega's like i'm gonna head to the rendezvous anyway and the bad batch are finally 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 reunited and wasn't it such a great feeling seeing them back together it it really is uh Mm -hmm. the way they shot that entire sequence you know the two ships on a distance omega crossing the distance um and this is why like at the very i mentioned the top like i think this could have been Part, the third episode of that opening trio, mm-hmm. if that's how they had gone with it, because ending with Omega finding the rest of the batch being reunited was just perfect. Yeah, yeah, it it really was. I don't know, Tom, your your thoughts. My thoughts, I I thought it was well played, well 
animated, I think the best thing was you could still feel the tension between Hunter and Crosshair. Wrecker is more like, hey, but, you know, it's, it is a, it's a burn from Crosshair that's going to take a while for Hunter probably to warm up to, to really trust Crosshair being back. I don't think anything's going to be untoward with Crosshair being back at all. I don't think he's going to turn on his brothers at this point. Again, I do believe, like it's been mentioned, he's broken. He is trying to find his purpose. And that's now that he's back with his brothers. Maybe that's going to help him get toward where he's going to be going in life, along with Omega being there. But it's still going to be something where it's going to be in the back of Hunter, and probably in the back of his mind, on how can he trust Crosshair again going forward. I loved how they, how they shot both the heartwarming reunion of Omega and the rest of the batch. And then when they see Crosshair walk down the stairs of the, the ramp of the ship and they, he's just greeted by those cold stairs. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. So good. And it's yeah, nice that... that ultimately, right. It wasn't, it wasn't Omega that, or it wasn't the batch that found Omega and rescued her. She kind of, she and Crosshair freed themselves and found their way, their way back to the batch. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Stephen. Yeah. I think I cut you off. No, I was going to say, like, it it wraps up, you know, this this entire arc quite nicely um, and then sets us up for the future. You know, I mean, kind of kind of similar to the past, you know, the empires after Omega. But now it's this time it's personal, I think, how I would mm-hmm. describe it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. It is personal at this point. Yeah. And we also did get a brief, a uh, uh, brief couple brief scenes on Mount Tantus as well, where Dr. Hemlock confronts Nala Say and he knows, he knows she's been hiding Omega's ability. And she's like trying to play it off. Oh, it was a false positive, yada, 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 yada. Right. And so they decide, okay, well, we'll test her again. And then your fate will be decided. If she's positive, you were hiding this and you're at fault. And wouldn't, that, wouldn't it just, Oh, go ahead. No, no, wouldn't it just be, wouldn't it just be, fascinating if they somehow were able to test her again and it comes back negative just like a <laughs> MacGuffin I mean just like a total MacGuffin uh, that I disagree I would not be a fan of that if that was where they went it would be it, funny but only it for would a minute. be funny like, oh, that's just yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know I, I just threw that out there yeah uh, and uh, you know we've got I don't know. I, I I'm worried about Nala Say, right? She's she's been found out, and I I think it'll be interesting to see how important is she and her abilities to Project Necromancer versus how fed up is Doctor Hemlock with her? I don't know. I guess time will tell if it's it's enough to keep her alive or if this deception is what seals her fate. What do you guys think? I think, think? she's on borrowed. I think she's on borrowed time. I think they have to get rid of her, especially yeah. with the series and, like this, right? They can't have yeah. Kamino and cloners hanging around. No, I, no, I because think she'll be gone by the end, unfortunately. Yeah, and and you would imagine there would be some kind of mention when it got into the Mandalorian. They were talking about um, all that stuff as well about the cloning. There would be any kind of mention that there mm. was at least a Kamino, uh, whatever. Sorry, still around. Kamino, Kamino, yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think she's along for the the show. Yeah, she's an interesting character because sometimes she's she's kind of a villain at times, but she's also sympathetic. And, you know, she's kind of a mother figure to Omega, and she loves the clones, even though she kind of created them and experiments on them and 
uh, you know, because kind of portrayed as being bad earlier in the the series, and even in the Clone Wars, right? She's uh, she's kind of sees them as things, uh, but she does care for Omega. I also still want to understand. I hope we get an answer to why was Omega created and how was she created in the first place? Like, is she is she a straight up clone of Jango, or did they? combine his dna with a force sensitive in some way i think we'll have to i think they'll give us answers before the end of the season but that's going to be interesting that's going to be interesting and why did you want a force sensitive (laughs) yeah and if they cloned her who would have been the one they were able to get some kind of samples who was force sensitive at the time well we know there's a bunch of them a bunch of them around but but obviously, Sifo Diaz. I mean, I don't know. No, it you could know, be. You've got a point. It, it literally could be. could be right. Uh, that could yeah. be the answer. It's 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 Sifo Diaz. He wanted. He was curious about cloning Force users, and maybe it's even his DNA in some way or something. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, we will see. So many questions. Yeah. The uh, one one more thing I did love, and we we haven't talked about this in the last couple episodes, but I do like how sc- how Scorch has been consistently in the background on Mount Tantas. Yep. I think we talked about this last season. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I love Scorch. He's a great character from the Republic Commando video games. And so it's so cool to see him in this series as well. And I think this is maybe the first time we've seen him, actually heard him speak. But I think so. In this, He's right? always been in the background or taking orders. And here he's giving them kind of. Yeah. Trying to find, I mean, they arrive on Lao too late. But Dr. Hemlock and Scorch do arrive on Lao and they they decide to try to track Omega back to wherever she's going. But it, yeah. it's so cool. I love I love Scorch. <laughs> How can you not? We need the rest of the commandos. I mean, nice. I, it would be nice because all we got was rain. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep going back to that. We saw that was a great moment. Squad. Great moment. But that was the only time we've seen the whole squad. Yeah. I, for those who who may not remember or, or weren't around at the time, the rain Tom was referring to was that great moment at Star Wars Celebration. Oh, which which one was it? I, I can't recall. But there was a Star Wars Celebration where Dave Lennon's like, oh, look, check out this great clip of rain. And, of course, there's a lot of rain, but it's actually the Republic Commandos for the first time. And we see them walking down the ship in the rain, out the ramp uh, in, in the rain. And it was just, the crowd went, berserk it was so good it was such a great mm-hmm. moment if you can find that episode watch it and just watch it and watch it because that is the coolest thing i remember seeing was just watching them come down yeah. that ramp full yeah it was in Cl- clone wars season i want to say four or five mm-hmm. right somewhere but around there maybe four anyway so good so good any other thoughts on this episode mm. in a way it was kind of straightforward yeah, well, let's, good episode. let's yeah, dive in. And Tom, do you want to give your your rating this time? Sure. Um, I enjoyed the episode. I'm giving it an eight. Um, I really do like the dynamic of Crosshair and Omega. Uh, I really appreciated how the uh, Imperial captain um, got his dues. So, yeah, uh, I do think that if you were to go back once the whole series is over, I think that it would work better to where if you were to watch basically episodes and, and we, we just talked about this before the show, 
this does work as almost like a three episode arc with episode one episode three and episode four together and then you take episode two and watch it after this or however you want to do it i don't know then again that wouldn't really work at the end of this episode would it no it wouldn't so you know what i take that back everything <laughs> works fine the way it does so i'm giving the episode an eight i am going to take my eight womp rats and see the one thing that you didn't get to see when all the creatures were uh set free from you know when everything was happening not only did the Rathtar grab that Imperial uh, officer, but he also grabbed the eight Womp Rats. But uh, they didn't agree with the um, Rathtar, so they got expelled. So they ended up running away anyway. They they kind of lived after the Rathtar got them and realized they didn't like them much and got rid of them, spit them out. So anyway. Well, they got lucky. Yeah, they got very lucky. They got luckier than the other guy. For uh, sure. William, why don't you why don't you go next? <clears throat> yeah, I think you know this was a. I really it was a great episode with uh, with with Crosshair and Omega and their dynamic. I really enjoyed that. You know the 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 rest of the background was of the episode was 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 fine, right? It was a fun adventure. They go to a a, a different a, a random planet and we get to see some uh, uh, some some gambling and this this guy who keeps like. You know, up in the 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 fines on them, this local imperial commando commander, he's pretty, pretty uh, uh pretty evil. Um, but he gets his his dues at the end. And yeah, it was a, it was a fun episode. Right? It's, it's not galaxy shaking, but not every episode has to be. And I think this is an important first step before they get reunited with the batch because you can't just have them escape Mount Tantas and immediately get reunited. And so I, I liked they took this time, give us more character growth between the the um the those two certainly a highlight of the 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 season and yeah it was uh it's a fun episode and i'm excited to discuss where things go next so i think i would have to give it seven and a half womp rats out of ten and uh these seven and a half womp rats they're just hiding in the the crates as well so when you when you walk by uh they, the crate opens up and the womp rats just pull you right in and it's it's not pretty there's also only seven and a half Womp Rats, so it's a little messy in there. I guess that leaves it to me then, huh? Yeah, um, you're up. I think I'm also going to have to give it a seven and a half out of ten. Um, just a really solid episode overall. Um, straightforward, like you both said. Uh, but it it really closes off this kind of opening of the season in a, in a great way. So I really enjoyed it. Solid episode. I don't think I have much more to add. Um, I will say... But, you know, I, I still believe the opening for the season should have been episode one, that episode three, that episode four. And it turns out I had breaking news, inside information. That is how it originally happened. That was Lucasfilm's original plan when the episodes were coming out. But unfortunately, a crack team of seven and a half Womp Rats. I mean, there was eight at the time. <laughs> one of them, you know, there was an accident. They don't want, he doesn't want to talk about it. But, you know, infiltrated Lucasfilm headquarters, stole the episode. So they had to go with one, two and well. The, the other episode, the episode that became episode two, got inserted into the middle while they sent out their team of uh, Womp Rats, you know, to track down the original Womp Rats that stole the episode. Um, gotta, gotta watch out for those Womp Rats. You really do. It's, it's, it's yeah, tricky. they're sneaky but, little guys, aren't they? Yeah. All right, William, what do we what do we have <laughs> coming up next week? Yeah, next week we have The Bad Batch, season three, episode five, The Return. And... We'll get a, just a tease it, 
right? We'll get a little bit of a classic Bad Batch working together episode. So that'll be fun. Uh, And I don't want to say much more, but I think we'll have a good time. I think we'll have a good time. Uh, In the meantime, though, thank you all for listening. And we'll be back next week with our review of The Bad Batch, The Return. May the force be with you. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.